the hottest station on the planet. WHFR-DB, Staten Island, New York. New York.
Welcome to the world of jazz. I'm your host, Dr. Mambo, and thank you for joining me today. We're going to do something a little bit different. Generally, we spotlight a performer who's had a very strong influence on Caribbean jazz. But today, we're going to do something a little different, and I'm going to pull out a song, a tune, a side that we'll give the treatment to. And today, that song is Funky Nassau, written by Ray Munnings from Nassau in the Bahamas. And the group who performed that tune was Beginning of the End, and it was on Atlantic Records, 1971 it was released. I happen to know about that because I was here in New York with a, a gentleman, his name was Bo Ray Fleming. And he, he was interested in signing my band too. But he wanted me to come down to the studio and man, I was blown away when I heard those guys. I promised myself I was going to one day really get a chance to know those guys. But in the meantime, we're gonna go to one of my favorite parts of the show. Here we go. Cantar sincero en mi alma y 
soy boricua, señores.
Outstanding! Heck of a tune there. That cut is Tulibu Donna Cumberbatch from Brooklyn. Fabulous sound. Tulibu made her transition early this year, so I always promise to play some of her music. Gotta do that. Tulibu Donna Cumberbatch, in the company of you. Before that, Eddie Palmieri. Gotta play the master. One of my favorite performers of all time. <laughs> and we let the show off with No Rhyme and No Reason by George Duke. One of the baddest cats on the planet. When he was walking the earth, it's like a dinosaur moving around, moving people out of his way. Heck of a performer. 
and a lovely guy. Today, our spotlight performer is the tune Funky Nassau. And I've got some words from his creator, Ray Munnings, a little later in the show. Check it out. What amazes me about this tune is how many times it's been recorded and it's almost always under the radar. It's been recorded a million times. I should know I recorded it twice myself. <laughs> really good stuff. I played my version in the show. I hope you like it. Right now, though, we have some more music coming up for you. Along with the tradition of the world of jazz. Here we go. With the original Funkin' Nassau, beginning of the end, 1971. Nassau's gone soul We've got a dug on beat now We're gonna call our very own Nassau rock and Nassau roll Nassau's got a whole lot of soul Feel alright Mini skirts, maxi skirts and afro hair do Nassau's gone funky Nassau's got soul now Oh yeah And we've got a dug on beat now We're gonna take care of business too Listen to the drummer
fmradio.com. Nassau's gone so We've got a dog on beat now We're gonna call our very own Nassau Rock and Nassau Roll Nassau's got a whole lot of soul huh. Feel alright Mini skirts, maxi skirts and afro hairdos People do not own things They don't care about me or you Nassau's gone funky Nassau's gone slow And we've got a doggone beat now We're gonna take care of Bidner too Listen to the drama Lay down his beat Listen to the bass man Plays that same groovy beat. Attends the guitar. Give that soul some tune. Les organes aussi. Et les horns, oui, oui. Has got a lot of soul, soul, and London town is too doggone cold, too cold. Hey, that's got sunshine, and this you all know. Hey, but we all go funky. We got some soul too. Funky Nassau. Funky Nassau. It's so funky. It's 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 fun
my friends Feel it's their appointed duty They keep trying to tell me here This is World of Jazz, and I'm your host, Dr. Mambo. Welcome aboard. I'm glad you could join me for the Funky Nassau Show. A little bit earlier in the set, we played the original version by Ray and the group from 1971 called Funky Nassau by the Beginning of the End. 
After that, we played a version by the Blues Brothers, the second movie released in 2000. Erica Badu was a priestess in that movie. And they also recorded a version of Funky Nassau. I mean, it's just amazing how many places this song showed up at. Ray also had a co-writer, Tyrone Fitzgerald. Hope he got his royalties. It was a big sell. I know Ray did. Raphael Munnings is correct. The song was recorded in Criteria Studios in Miami. I think they did a mix is how I heard it in New York. I'm not quite sure it's a long time ago, I don't remember anymore. Whoever thought that this was coming up, maybe I would have wrote it down. <laughs> so Herbie Mann made a version. Believe that, Herbie Mann. And a Swedish artist named Skitchit, he did a version as well. And there are lots more. All you have to do is go to, you know, I tell you all the time now, this is 2022. Go to YouTube and type in Funky Nassau. You'll be shocked what comes up. Absolutely flabbergasted. I know I was. I know you could take this time and say, ah, doctor, I don't feel like logging on and doing that, even though I have to just click Google or my iOS app and just say Funky Nassau or Bio, <laughs> you don't have to do anything. It all comes up. But you'd be amazed at how that song has moved around the world. A little, a little later in the show, I even have a version from Bulgaria. I know, same thing I said. But at this time, I want you to hear an interview on Ray Raphael Munnings about Funky Nassau. Hang in with me, here we go. And a very pleasant good evening to you. I'm Charles Carter. It's a pleasure to welcome you to Bahamian Artists. I try to, every once in a while, give a story that is sometimes unbelievable to modern Bahamians about the beauty and the exotic nightlife that used to exist in our country 40 and 50 years ago. There was a great age of entertainment in the Bahamas when there were clubs that were open almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where entertainment came from all around the world and more importantly, Bahamians found their creative voices to be able to create the kind of entertainment that brought people into our country. Entertainment was what people used to come to the Bahamas for. Now they come for sun, sand, and sea. The entertainment still exists, but it's uh, not as prominent as it used to be. And for a country of 350,000 people in the 21st century, it's amazing the, the number of Bahamian musicians and musicians who have been able to make an impression on the world. But there's been no impression made like the song, Funky Nassau. And like the group, The Beginning of the End. It's a great story, and tonight, Ray Munnings, the architect of that story and that journey will tell it to us. Ray, it's good to see you. You look like showtime yourself. Well, Charles, you know, once you put the mic and the lights were on, that's what it is. 
And I want to thank you for inviting me on your program and hope we can shed some light on the last 50 years, really. Well, my it's, involvement. it's been a great half century. And, uh, but as I said, it's very difficult for people today in today's Bahamas to imagine yesterday's Bahamas. And the Cat and Fiddle Club, for example, your dad's club, which was a mecca of international entertainment. What do you remember when you think cat and fiddle? Well, let's take it back one quick step before Silver Slipper. At the time, I was about four years old, and I lived in uh, McCullough Corner with, uh, with my parents. And so uh, work was just around the corner. I could hear all night as the instruments and the musicians were playing, and the old man was singing. And uh, once, and that's where I got my start singing on stage. But once uh, uh, FM moved from the, the cat, uh, from the Silver Slipper to the Cat and Fiddle, everything changed. Everything, it was a brand new ball game. It was his club. It, it was a club it. the way he wanted it. Exactly. How was that club? What was that club? Well, the club, I, I like to call it uh, the University of the Cat and Fiddle because that's where I graduated from. Uh, it it was a not just a, a club, but it was a place where people learned their craft and honed the craft. And it was a place where it was, it was a dual-edged sword. The old man always had entertainment, native entertainment, meaning of a cast of about 25 persons, dancers, singers, and, and uh, a lot of people got their start there. And a big orchestra. And, and a big, uh, the band, of course. And yes. then he also had at least um, once every month an international artist would come in. And again, right in the middle of, of Nassau, instead of along the waterfront, you would introduce these artists to the Bahamians so the Bahamians can, could have enjoyed their entertainment and enjoyed uh, the, the, the performances that they would do. Let me put a geographic uh, link on that. That would be on the corner of Nassau Street and Poinciana Drive, which is now the, 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 the Bank of the Bahamas. Right, and of course, COB is across the street from there. That's right. And, but the, the club itself, like you said, that location at the time, you know, um, we didn't have any parking problems. Now you couldn't put a club there because parking would be a, a, a big problem. But at the time, you'd have cars lined up from the club almost up to, uh, almost up to the hill. Yeah, and going past the other Meadow way. Street. Yeah, That's and, exactly and all, right. And, and going going down to Oaksfield towards Oaksfield. That's exactly right. And but the there, like I said, and people would come not only for the night performances, but what we'd call matinee dances. And Charles, it was like every time I encounter someone now that's around my age or, or slightly younger or a little older, that's the, the first thing they remember, boy, those matinee dances. You know, well, Ray, one of the things that people wouldn't really appreciate is the size of the club. First mm -hmm. of all, it's an outdoor club. Yeah. It was a club that had uh, palm trees growing through it. So it had this exotic kind of thing. But the stage was a high stage, as I remember, a stage that was able to accommodate every type of entertainment, including mm -hmm. this 12-piece band that your father had there. But at one time, I even saw the ice follies on that stage. I mean, they were able to put uh, ice on mm -hmm. the stage, you know, frozen ice, and they had a, 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 an ice show. I mean, it was an amazing club, and then it could hold hundreds of people. Well, you know, and I that was the outside part of the club. That's right. Well, let's start first with the outside. The uh, seating, I remember the biggest nights that we had there were the night that Sir Sidney and Harry Belafonte came. They That's had right. 
two nights, uh, two performances with 2,500 at each uh, uh, sitting. And of course, one of the things that Belafonte uh, insisted on was no liquors to be served when he's on stage. So you had everyone's undivided attention. Now, the um, regular with tables and chairs, maybe you could accommodate uh, 1,500. But that night, like I say, those two nights, they had at least 5,000 people between the two nights. Now, there was also an indoor portion, which was called the Ghana Room. And the old man, like I said, did that to commemorate uh, the fact that uh, Ghana had gotten its independence. He was so proud. That was 1960. Around that time. I yes. don't know the exact date, but yes. once I got out of St. John's College at, at, in 1966, he gave me that club. And I think we touched on this the last time, but we uh, then turned that into the, uh, the Lion's Den. Yes. And of course, that spawned the Young Bahamian Show, which, which uh, was your brainchild. And yeah. the rest on that is history. But like I said, the club itself wasn't just a, a nightclub. It was a place where people could learn. Of course, it got involved with politics in the early days. And that Miss Bahamas uh, was held there. All the Miss uh, Bahamas uh, early, early editions yeah. were held right there. And so it was more than just a nightclub. You it know? was a place where history was really made in many, many ways on many, many fronts for Bahamian people. And uh, it was just absolutely fantastic. But as a club, it excelled. Mm -hmm. Not only was there great native entertainment, and native entertainment might be a, a, a floor show. Mm -hmm. Now, nowadays, youngsters wouldn't know what a floor show was, but it, it, it was really a show that showed dance. Uh, you, you, you had, of course, the, the, the normal Bahamian uh, acts in that particular show, which would be limbo and fire dance and shake dances and all that sort of thing with a bevy of gorgeous women. And then, of course, you had, uh, you, you, you had shows that you only see in Vegas nowadays, you know. Well, you know, when, when you talk about uh, shows like that, like you say Shirley Hall Bass came in and brought some uh, beautiful ladies out the of Chicago. The Vashonettes. Yes. And they also had um, so much um, uh, entertainment that, you, I mean, all of the, the, the young artists at the time, Fireball Freddy, Little Dudley Capron, uh, Cy Roberts. Uh, I mean, these are the singers. Yes. And uh, um, so they, this is where they got their start. Sabu, the great, uh, Buttercup, uh, Sweet Richard, all those names that were. were and almost every other entertainer who rented the business, uh, he would come and try and get on the stage and sing a song mm -hmm. to get started. Because if you could sing and make it at the Captain Fiddle, you can make it anywhere in the Bahamas. Well, that's how Duke Carroll said he got his start. Uh, yes. well, you know, b a big break or introduction because the old man always had at least a 17-piece band there. So uh, to sing with that big band, that was a plus for any young uh, budding artist coming up. But also <laughs> it was a showcase of the best internationally and now legendary performers of yesterday, the black circuit of entertainers who run the gamut from Nacking Cole and Harry Belafonte at the very top mm -hmm. to uh, just led ordinary stars like James Brown, yeah. Joe Tex, Jerry Butler, Roy Franklin. Hamilton. I mean, if they existed and if they were any good at all, they came to the cat and fiddle. Well, that was the idea. Like uh, what uh, FM would say to me or my father would say to me that he wanted to make sure that the Bahamians had a chance to see these people because they couldn't travel that much during those early days. And so he would make sure that they were here and that people, it was affordable. 
I think it was only like four shillings or ten shillings to see any one of those artists, and which now I think equates to about maybe a dollar fifty or whatever it was. But you would have people coming there and and um, and, and just as a matter of fact, that's where after a while we got our start. Well, you got your start, mm -hmm. and so did your brothers. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing that Freddie Munnings can really be. Uh, cited for is the number of entertainers that got their start with him because he was an accomplished musician. Mm -hmm. He was a policeman first, but he went off mm -hmm. uh, and studied formally and became an accomplished musician that allowed him to use his natural talents as a vocalist and a musician mm -hmm. uh, and created a band. And then he gave birth to a number of kids who all seemed to have a particular gene for music and entertainment. All of you, every Munnings I know, can either sing or think they could sing, mm -hmm. <laughs> dance or think they could dance, uh, but all of you can perform. I mean, I don't know a single Munnings that just can't light up when a stage light is turned on. This is World of Jazz with Dr. Mambo. Hey, but, you know, uh, to talk about the, the group that I was a part of uh, that really took off, was um, uh, on, uh, of course, guitar was Leroy Munnings, who actually came, uh, started playing guitar when he was maybe in his late teens. And he started with, uh, he and Ralph, my other cousin, uh, first cousin, he started, they started with um, Hubert Lois as their, as their instructor. He came down here as a saxophone, as a guitarist, I'm sorry, with, with uh, Benny King. So he was formally trained. Uh, yes, they yes, were formally yes. trained. Yes, and so uh, the old man said to, to Hubert Laws, I'd like for you to stay in Nassau and to teach these two young men their instrument and the, the theory and the harmony and all that yes. stuff about, about the music, yes. which he did. And then at night, he would play in the Canville band, Hubert Laws, you know, who's one of the best flautists mm -hmm. in the world. And so uh, they got their training there. I started with Mr. Cash, who was my Eric Cash, who was Eric my Cash, godfather. Your godfather. And also uh, a creator of a very interesting song we'll talk about in a Yeah, few yeah. Minutes. Well, like I said, we, we uh, and so they actually, Roy and Bud played as a part of the, uh, Frank Bud Munnings, I'm sorry, yes. played as a part of the Cat Vittle Band, meaning they, they really got uh, uh, a heads up uh, actually playing behind Roy Hamilton and playing for Sam Cooke and all these artists. So. They got real, really exposure, exposed to the international artists one-on-one -on -one that way. And when I came along later in the, in the 60s, uh, we decided we were tired working for other establishments. We were going to form a group and, quote-unquote, as I say, the rest is history. We can go in more detail, but that's how they started actually playing in the Cat and Fiddle Band. Uh, and, of course, uh, Fred Henfield, he was a friend of the family. He and, and Duke Harold Strawn and many other mm -hmm. uh, groups, uh, he got his start in those areas, but he played in the Cat and Fiddle from time to time himself. But Roy and Bud were actually a part of the Cat and Fiddle band. Well, you know, Ray Munnings, the song Funky Nassau will haunt you forevermore. It's amazing that you created that in the late 60s. It took off in the early 70s. And it's been going ever since. Even you call it the beast that will never die. Well, Charles, that is the appropriate name for that particular song. But, you know, like I said, we, 
uh, I had a co-writer with me, uh, Dr. Tyrone, Dr. Or Fritz Gerald, my Who first is, cousin. His first cousin, and that's the amazing thing about it. It was a family collaborated stuff, right? Thing, uh, uh, and and you know who didn't sing on it, played on it, and and who didn't do either of the of the above have to write it. I mean, it was just amazing. That song came out of nowhere. What is the story of Funky Nassau? Because it is played everywhere, and it's played for a long time everywhere. It is the most popular, the most famous song that has ever been written by a Bahamian uh, from out of the Bahamas. Well, Charles, you know, when you can almost put your head in reverence anytime you say that funky Nassau. You know, <laughs> that should have been the national anthem. But it, you know, you know, what can I say? Meaning the, the, it has been played more times on more radio stations probably, like you say, than any other local song. Oh, for sure. Because not only our version, but at least a hundred other artists have covered for sure. one way or the other. I mean, from, from Santana up and down the, 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 the gamut. And we have, um, the song itself came out of the time, 1969, like you said, 1970, and that's what, almost 43, 44 years ago. We came up with the idea that, listen, Nassau is just not all day, all night Marianne. We had started to change. This was before independence. Uh, and. Uh, you look at the, the way the people were dressed, uh, the attitude, uh, what they were hoping that, well, we were hoping that uh, independence would come very soon because majority rule had already passed. Not that I'm very politically minded that way, but I, I, I know something happened once you say, well, now the, the premier of the Bahamas was Selinden Pinling, and uh, Bahamas were heading in a whole different direction. We had always been accustomed to working around tourist areas within the Cadenville and, of course, the other, uh, my other brothers, uh, working with different hotels and those mm -hmm. uh, lounges mm -hmm. and lobbies. And so we were exposed to a cosmopolitan uh, group of people. And we, were, we didn't just play. I hear a lot of musicians now arguing about uh, where there's Gombe, where there's Rake and Scrape, where there's uh, Calypso. Calypso. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> we, played we came up yeah, We came with something that said we're going to fuse all of this music together yeah. and come up with something new. Yeah. Now, we didn't call it a particular time, type of music at that time, but when you listen, the predominant uh, thing besides the other rhythm was the hi-hat, which makes that sound like, uh, like uh, you're scraping the, the saw. Yeah. And that really birthed disco music uh, in the States. I mean, we've got documented proof of that from Henry Stone, who was the uh, original, uh, not, I wouldn't say producer, but he uh, distributed the, the product. And he helped and, to and create the, the Miami sound. Yeah, the Miami which sound. Which was really stolen from the Bahamas. Right, and the disco, which evolved into yes, disco. Yes. So it's, there are just so many different um, twists and turns that we could take on this story. It's just a matter of how much time you got. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, I've got all day. It's up to you. <laughs> well, the, the, let's get it out of the yeah. let's get it out, out of the barn first. First yeah. of all, the the the, the song Miami, yeah. took off. It took off in Florida, of course, mm -hmm. and it's natural because there are lots of Bahamians in Florida. It took off, but it spread. It spread around the world, and it spread around the world. And by the early '70s, it become on hit charts from Europe to Asia. Africa, 
to South America. America yeah. Okay? So that <clears throat> was the circuit that Funky Nassau made. But what surprises everybody, including the originator of the song, you, is that that circuit has been looped several times. It's yeah. almost like a satellite going around, and uh, every once in a while it comes back, and somebody decides, for some reason, mm -hmm. that Funky Nassau is the song that they want to record next. And even to you, it's inexplicable. Well, you know, it's, again, the beast that wouldn't die, meaning that when it was written, the, the, the lyrics were very simple. Nassau's gone funky, Nassau's gone soul. We've got a dug-on beat we're going to call our very own. So it surprises me when I hear every artist that do it, those lyrics are exactly the same. The arrangement is exactly the same. Yeah, these people, some of them never been to the Bahamas. Candy Dulfer, I mean, this lady is from uh, Amsterdam. What does she know about uh, uh, Nassau's Got Sunshine? I mean, other than probably what she read or saw in the National Geographic. But they sing it exactly the way it was written and exactly the way it was originally recorded. Uh, the original uh, lyrics recorded. Are sung. Exactly. The original the keys are sung, and everything is that was originally done so many years ago is still done by really artists in almost every genre of music today in almost every part of the world. They've all repeated Funky Nassau. It's my favorite. New music. It's my favorite station. WHFR-DB, Staten Island, New York. Nassau's gone 
get down. Take this funk. What's the name of this funk? Say what? You gotta be driving. Thank you for joining me here at World of Jazz. I'm your host, Dr. Mambo. And that was Funky Nassau. But this time, not by beginning at the end. That was Raphael Munning's version. I produced that one. Uh, came out in Europe, but didn't make it in the States. I had to include it in this Funky Nassau story, which is a heck of a story. This song has been recorded, the best I could tell, over 50 times. And it's made an impact everywhere. It's amazing. Carlos Santana did a version. The Airedales recorded a version. Randy Radcliffe recorded a version. That was in 1994. Black Britain recorded a version, 1987. By the way, my version was 1979. Soul Stew recorded a version. That was in 1997. Chocolate Sea Storm. M-A-K-U. Sound System recorded a version as well. It's amazing. A lot of people like that song. And like Ray said in his interview, 90% of the people who recorded it all use basically the same arrangement. That was another thing amazing to me. I tried to do a little something different. I changed it slightly. Ray seemed to like it, so let's go with that. Hey, Ray, how you doing, brother? This is World of Jazz. I'm your host, Dr. Mambo, and I'm talking about Funky Nassau. That's not all I'm playing today, but we're talking about Funky Nassau and Ray Munnings. So if you didn't catch the show earlier, you missed on out on our conversation that I gleamed with Ray discussing how him and his brothers and they put together this sound from the Bahamas and made it happen. There's a CD out called The Compass Point Story. And uh, I mention that because Compass Point is where we recorded our version of Funky Nassau. Compass Point, that was in Nassau in the Bahamas. You know, when the music structure for studios changed, that place is over. Anyway, it's more music time. Here we go. Yeah, that's so full of soul. 
nagyon hív már egy karib istennő. Halljuk hát a ritmust, a luxorban ma itt. Hozzá még a konga, játszik valami. Nem teljes a banda, kell még bassgitár. Szóljon hát a grőn, mi funkgitárra vár. Interesting Nassau version, huh? That group is the Cool Miners from Budapest, Hungary. These guys have a version too. It's phenomenal where this song travel all around the world, north, south, east, and west. Uh, I'm just happy I was a part of it too. You can catch Ray on Facebook. If you like the show, tell him. Just type in Raphael Munnings, he'll come right up on Facebook. He's there. For me to get a grip on Funky Nassau and dive into his roots, our rhythm section, we recorded our version actually in Compass Point as well in the Bahamas. So it was fitting for us to get an opportunity to really dive into Bohemian culture. Wow! It's more music time again. Here we go.
Thank you for tuning in to World of Jazz. I'm your guide, musical guide that is, Dr. Mambo, and thank you so much for making me a part of your time today. You know, time is very valuable. Everybody's busy. They say back in the day. I don't know what that means, but quite a while back, there were three channels. Two, four, and seven. That was in New York. With some independence sprinkled around it. Hey, now you have those channels plus 450 more. Plus, we have also have social media. So it's real easy to get the information now. That's why I'm not going to boost you up. I'm just going to tell you to go ahead and check into Bing, Google, or your favorite search engine. And put in Raphael Munnings or Funky Nassau. The tidbits you'll get are out of this world. Since Funky Nassau was first uh, released, there have been tons of other music that's like heard that and then responded in kind. And I think that's a heck of a thing. Very, very interesting. Uh, our next cut is something that falls under that heading. International music swinging like crazy. I hope you enjoy this one. I know I did. Here we go.
turn it up. WHFRDB.
Yeah, that cut is David Lance, one of my favorites. It's uh, called California. We let this uh, threefer, you know, not the other word, but it's a threefer, three songs in a row that we play. And we kicked that segment off with Angelique Kidro of the Chemical Balango. After that, you Kayla. Bring him back home. Speaking about Nelson Mandela. On that note, uh, I noticed that we've slipped into a new era in music. Music Business 3.0. I uh, just so received some interesting news on my uh, on my uh, text messages that Pharaoh uh, Saunders passed away today. Uh, he was 81. So he was a giant in the industry. He also played at that club in Brooklyn I talk about all the time called The East, which was 20 years ahead of his time. Run by G2 WC. Well, we bring an East show in every now and then. I've done one before and I plan to do it again. Can't forget the shoulders you stand on. My name is Dr. Mambo and this is World of Jazz Radio. You know, I keep getting emails, info at theworldofjazz.net. You don't play jazz, man. That's well, what kind of jazz are you thinking I don't play? I, I never understood that. Jazz is everywhere. Everything I play here, it's improvisational, it's got jazz in it. More music. something to me You send chills right through me When I look at you Cause you're my thrill You're my thrill How my pulse increases When I look at you Cause you're my thrill Nothing seems to matter
something to me. You send chills right through me. When I look at you, cause you're increases I just go to pieces when I look at you cause you're my
Yeah, that cut is Havana Nights by Freddie Ravel. Smoking, smoking. You know, this is a Caribbean jazz show, see, so there's something different about that than uh, what the person who sent me the email thought about jazz. They think jazz was over in 1960, it died, so if it wasn't bebop, it wasn't jazz. Are you nuts? Well, that's how people think. That's indoctrination from the record companies from Music Business 1.0. That's why we don't talk about that anymore. So up next is some more international music. This is one of the sounds that created it all. I think you'll like this one. Hang in there with me. More music.
City, Kansas City, here we come. They got some crazy little women, and I'm really gonna get me one. I'll be standing on the corner, 12th Street and Vine. Where's that boy? I'm in Kansas City, buddy. Kansas City. That's one of the biggest hits every blues group plays at. See, now, tell me that's not the basics of jazz. Jazz started. I mean, every jazz musician, as he's learning his craft, learns to play a blues. That's one of the first things we start with. Huh. So, anyway, time flies when you're having fun, and this is rounding out my time here at World of Jazz. So I'm glad you could take a moment out of your busy schedule to join me. That's a fantastic thing. This show was about 
Funky Nassau. And the writer of said composition, Raphael Munnings from Nassau in the Bahamas. So I hope I piqued enough of your interest to uh, research him on the web. I used to give all of these things out about how to do it, but that's when we started out. The internet is vastly more powerful than anything I can give you here within the two hours plus place of music. So please take me up on my advice and A, Shazam anything that you want to know about and B, most important of all, to get the information about the artists. Again, I'm going to mention we're in now Music Business 3.0, so there's another paradigm. And we want to really talk about that because I love music, I love the music business, but it's got to work out for us and keep going. So anyway, we're done. Uh, we're going to hear a version of Funky Nassau by Roy Ayers. <laughs> jazz man, see? He's playing it. I'm a jazz man. I played it. And so hopefully we can keep the fireless burning. See you on the next one. Funky, big jazz, get funky. Funky, big jazz, get funky. Funky, big jazz.
Listening to WHFRDB, Staten Island, New York, 103.7. 